All right, let's continue with our theme. And if you were here last Sunday, you know what we're talking about. Our theme for 2019 is, Lord, we beseech you, show us your glory. Why? So that we may demonstrate your goodness to the world that we live in. It's taken from Exodus chapter 33, where Moses and God have this private conversation, intimate conversation on the top of the mountain. Moses, overwhelmed by the presence of God, cries out to God, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And the word beseech means to implore urgently. This was not a casual prayer request from Moses. It was the heart cry of his inner being. He longed to know God in a more real, in a more intimate way than he has ever known. And think for a moment, this is a man who has seen the demonstration of God's goodness and power in a measure that no other human being has ever seen. Imagine God using you and splitting the sea. He saw the power of God. He was not a novice. He experienced the goodness and the glory of God in his life. And yet, he continued to hunger and thirst for more of God. He wasn't satisfied. He wanted more. And I believe that is the state that our heart should be in in every season of our lives. No matter how much we've seen of God, no matter what we have experienced or how much goodness of God we have tasted in our lives, there is so much more that God wants to reveal to us. But in order for us to tap into it, one of the prerequisites is that our hearts are always hungry and thirsty for more of God. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen? So, we see here that Moses, say, Lord, I have seen your acts. I have seen your power. But now I want to see you. He asked that he would see God. And God said to him, no, you cannot see my face and live. Because if you see me, you will die. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock and put my hand on your face. And I will show you my back parts. And he, he did that. And when, when Moses cried out, it's important to notice that, show me thy glory, God immediately responded saying, I will make all my goodness pass before you. That tells us that in God's mind, God's glory and God's goodness are one and the same. So when we speak about show me your glory, what are we asking? Lord, show me, demonstrate your goodness to me. I want to see and taste your goodness in my life so that I may 
display that goodness to the world that I live in. It's not so that we can be blessed and comfortable, but so that we can become showcases for God. How can we attract the sinner to God if we do not demonstrate what our God looks like, what He is like, the acts of God, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the forgiveness of God, the long-suffering and the compassion of our Heavenly Father. And that is why God wants to bestow a greater measure of goodness on us. But there is a condition. We've discovered from our last message that the Lord said, I have reserved great goodness for those who fear my name. Psalm 31 and verse 19. Let's look at it once again. Psalm 31 and verse 19. The psalmist said, How great is your goodness which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. That tells us that God has reserved or laid up not just goodness, but what? Great goodness. And that great goodness is reserved for you and I. Because we love God, we fear His name, we walk in His ways, we are disciples of Christ, and as a result of that, the Lord said, I have reserved, I have laid up great goodness for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, the word says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared already for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your need according to what? To His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now when he speaks about riches in glory, what's he speaking about? He's speaking about a reservoir, a reserve, an abundant and vast supply reserved for you and I because we are in Christ Jesus. You have an inheritance. There are great goodness that is laid up for you and I. And I hear the Spirit of God saying, tell my people, I desire for them to experience and to taste a greater measure of the goodness which I have reserved for each and every one of my children. I want to demonstrate to my church how good I am, how kind, how forgiving, how patient, and how good I am. That's what God wants to do for you. Doesn't that excite you? I, I, I don't know about you, but it excites me. I have something to look forward to. That God is willing and is able to demonstrate His goodness toward me and my natural and spiritual household. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Are you still with me? Okay. Now, 
Ephesians chapter 3 tells us how to tap into the reserves of God. It says God is able and God is willing to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. Now that power the word is referring to is called what? Anybody knows? It's the power of faith. In other words, the measure of the goodness that you experience and taste in your life is regulated by the power that is at work within you. In other words, it's according to your faith. Jesus said to the centurion who came seeking some of that goodness from the Lord Jesus. His servant was lying sick, paralyzed, and the centurion came asking for healing. Jesus said to him, go your way, and as you have believed, let it be done unto you. Did he say that to him? He said to the two blind men who cried out for mercy, following Jesus for a long while, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. He said to the woman with the issue of blood, who suffered for 12 long years, daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace. Over and over again, Jesus referred to the faith of the individual as the catalyst for the miracle. Notice he didn't say, my power made you well. Or God made you well. He said, your faith has made you well. In order for us to engage with the goodness of God, to experience the goodness of God in our lives to see the miracles of God, the signs, the wonders, the, the, the things that we desire from God, that we need, we need to do what? To exercise our faith. The psalmist again said in Psalm 27 verse 13, I'm giving you a lot of scriptures because I want to establish this very fact. Many people blame God. It's easy to put the blame on someone else because you don't have what you asked. Hello? We'd rather put the blame on God rather than on us. I'm reminded of the father who brought his child who was possessed by a demonic spirit. He brought the child to the disciples. The disciples couldn't cast the demon out. So they brought him to Jesus and the father said, Lord, if you can do something, please help us. And Jesus said, no, 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 not if I can do. It's not, it's not up to me, it's up to you. If you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. And then the father cried out in repentance and said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And very often we limit God. We limit God with the smallness of our thinking and with our negative talking. And sometimes I think God is disappointed with us because we ask for so little. 
He's a great God. There are no limits to His ability, to His power, to His wealth, to do the things that you ask Him for. But He said, if I am going to do what you ask me for, you're going to have to believe. You're going to have to exercise your faith in what I have written in my word. The psalmist said in Psalm 27 verse 13, I would have lost heart. I would, have been, I would have been a goner. I would have fainted, another translation said. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He saw the goodness of the Lord. Why? Because he believed. He said, if I failed to believe, then I would have fainted. And many are fainting, many are discouraged, many are troubled, many are confused, many are stressed out, even within the household of God. Why? Because they fail to believe what God said in His Word. And I hear in my heart, when I meditated on this very thing that we're talking about, the display and the demonstration of God's goodness in a greater measure in our lives. I heard the Spirit of God say, you need to rise higher and climb onto another level of faith. And you need to increase your expectations concerning the manifestation of my goodness in every sphere of your life. Psalm 65, 11 says, You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. So God is calling us, and He's been actually waiting on us for a very long time. We haven't been waiting on God, folks. God has been waiting on us. And He's saying, Come on up higher. I want you to break through into another level of faith because where you are, the things that you're asking for are not on that level. <laughs> he said to me, many of the requests that we put to God are not on the same level that our faith is. They are on the next level. So it's in vain waiting to receive what God has promised or what you've asked Him if your level of faith is not where those things are. Let me give you an example. In Cyprus, because of a limited space they have, the de de departmental stores, they, they, they build a, a high-rise building. And on the first floor, they may have electrical appliance, on the second floor, furniture, on the third floor, grocery, and all of that. Now, if I want some furniture, and the furniture is on the third floor, and I go into the departmental store on the first floor looking for furniture, I won't be able to find any. Will I? No matter how I search, no matter how I cry, no matter how I fight with the employees, it's not there. What do I need to do? Get on the lift and rise to the third level. When I get onto the third level, they are there. 
The same is with our faith when it comes to spiritual things. We ask for things that are not on the same level as our faith is. And God said, if you want those things, you're going to have to come up to the third level. What is he looking for? He's looking for more intimacy with you and I. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We need to hear God more clearly than we've ever heard if we want our faith to rise. Amen? So you need to ask yourself, the things that you desire right now and ask for and cry out to God for, ask yourself, do I really believe that God will do this for me? Do I really believe it? Just like the Lord asked the two blind men, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe that where you are right now, you will receive what you're asking God or will accomplish what God has called you to? And if your answer is a little bit hesitant, then you need to do something about it. If you say, well, I'm not so sure, Pastor. I'm not, sure, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure that God will do this for me. Well, then you need to grow in your faith. I'll give you another example. Many years ago, I sensed the call of God on my life. I was in business with my wife, as you know. And a couple of years prior to my stepping into the ministry, this, this desire began to grow, and I, was, I, I felt I was ready to step into the ministry. But every time I prayed about it, Lord, is this the time? There was a check in my spirit. There was a hesitancy. There was a doubt. I wasn't sure whether I had what it took to do what God called me to do. And I prayed a couple of times between the months. I still didn't have that assurance. I didn't have the faith that it took to step out into the ministry because it was a major step. And the Lord would ask me, do you have what it takes when persecution arises against you? Will you stand? Is your faith strong enough to sustain and to finish what you started or are you going to leave it in the middle of the way? When I sensed this hesitancy, I knew what I had to do. This is where most believers go wrong. They don't know where to go from here. They don't know where to go from the first level to the second level or to the third level. I'm going to show you how. So as I prayed, God gave me wisdom and understanding how to do it. In the business that we ran, I was working from all of the hours that I was at a supermarket on the cash register all day long. And God showed me, he said, I want you to take one of your most trusted employees and train him to work the cash register. You don't need to do that. Somebody else can do that if you train him properly. And when you do that, he said, I want you to build an office upstairs. So I did that. I built a wooden office upstairs so that I could oversee the operation of the business without me practically being at the cash register and serving every customer. And the reason God showed me to do that was to free myself from one activity in order to give myself to another activity. And what I did, I bought a bunch of tapes on faith. 
Whatever I could lay my hands on a ministry that I knew was teaching on the subject of faith, those days we had tapes. We don't have tapes anymore. And I bought a Walkman. And for hours, that's all I listened to. Teachings on faith, how to believe God, how to exercise your faith, how does faith work, how can I grow my faith. All of those things, I began to listen and educate myself on the subject of faith so that I can go from the first level to the second level where I was able to step out in faith. And this went on for months. I literally dived into the Word and listen, because faith comes. How? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I was hearing and hearing and hearing, and then the level of my faith began to rise. When it began to rise to the level that I was ready, I knew. When God would ask me, are you ready? Yes, sir, I am. There was a confidence, there was an assurance that I could take on and fulfill the call of God that He was giving me at that particular time. Are you with me? So, if you want your faith to rise, you cannot keep doing what you've been doing. You're going to have to change certain things. Hello? If you believe in God for a financial breakthrough, you want to be debt-free, then you should study what God says concerning financial blessing. I know some people are against prosperity. I don't know why, because the Bible says God delights in the prosperity of His servant. God is looking for strong people, folks, strong spiritually, strong emotionally, and strong financially. How can you help someone who's struggling financially if you yourself are struggling? You can't. How can you encourage someone spiritually when you yourself are discouraged? You cannot. You need to be strong so that you can help the weak. You need to have prosperity in finances to help someone who's struggling to pay his rent. Hello? Are you with me? So, you need to do your homework. I don't know what God is calling you to do, but I know what He's calling me to do. I need to get more into the Word concerning the things that I want to see take place in my life 2019. I don't want to see the end of 2019 the same way that I have been in the 2018. I want to see a greater measure of God's goodness displayed in my life, in the life of my family, in the life of my loved ones. And in order for me to do that, I have to put myself into discipline, both in eating and in drinking. I need to do some fasting. Hello. Some of us have taken that out of the Bible altogether. We don't believe in fasting anymore. But Jesus said, when you fast, not if, this is the way you do it. Fasting will release you from the unbelief that holds us back. The bad news is, God wants you to remain on that same level that you've been for the last few years. 
He doesn't want you to rise because he knows if you rise to another level, you're going to see greater manifestation of God's glory in your life and you will attract more people to the Lord. So he wants you to stay there. Get comfortable. Unbelief will hold you there. Obesity will hold you there. Unforgiveness will hold you there. Bitterness will hold you there. So in order to loose yourself from these bonds, we need to add to our prayer regular seasons of fasting. That's what God showed me. Because fasting tells your body who's the master. Paul said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself am cast away. I discipline my body. Another translation says, I buffet my body. Not buffet. (laughs) (laughs) To buffet means to heat. (laughs) Amen? I don't know about you, but when I fast, it seems like the spiritual realm becomes more real to me. I can hear more clearly from God. I can see things in the Spirit because I subdue my flesh. And when you fast, you weaken the flesh, but you strengthen the inner man. And what do we do? We feed the flesh three times a day. And spiritually, we give ourselves one cold snack, maybe two two cold snacks a week. How are you going to become strong that way? It's impossible. If you need healing for your body, you know what to do. Get into the healing scriptures and hear them over and over. How often, Pastor? Until you know that you have the faith that is required. And when you ask yourself, do I really believe that God is able to heal my body? And when that answer rises up and says, yes, I believe, then then you're ready to receive your miracle. If there is a hesitancy, then get back into the Word. And stay there until your faith rises. That's how you're going to rise from the first to the second level, from the second to the third level. Jesus said to Martha, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? You believe, then you see. You don't see, then you believe. Because why would you believe for something that you already have or something that you already see? Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty four. whatever you desire when you pray, believe. Believe what? That you receive, and then you shall have. What are you expecting? What are you believing? Are you allowing your faith to sit around and become fat and lazy, or are you engaging your faith for the things that not only you need, but those around you? It's not just about you, folks. We need to come to a place where we exercise our faith on behalf of other people. We are here to represent the goodness of God as ambassadors of Christ. Amen? I want to see healings. I want to see miracles. I want to see demonstrations of God's kindness. How am I going to see those things if I keep remaining on that same level? Amen? Rise. Hebrews 11, 
6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And he is the rewarder of all those who seek him. I want to make this as simple as possible so you can understand it. Faith is the currency of heaven, just like money is the currency here on earth. Ecclesiastes says, money answereth all things. You don't have money, you can't even breathe. Hello? Without money, you cannot do anything, you cannot go anywhere, you cannot help anybody. In the kingdom of God, just like money is in this natural world, faith is the currency of heaven. I'll give you a very simple example and we close. I need to attend a wedding. And I need a decent suit to do so. So I go into the departmental store where they sell these nice suits. If you wonder, whatever you call it, uh, the... the, the Cartucci, Pierre Cardin, those, they, they cost a bit of money. So I see, I try, I try one on, man, it fits beautifully. I look at the tag, <laughs> and it says four and a half thousand rand. I check my budget, I only have two and a half. But this is what we do with God many times. So we go to the counter, we take the suit, and the suit says four and a half, but we only give the cashier two and a half. Do you think he's going to give it to you? He's going to think you're crazy. <laughs> What's the matter with this guy? He can see the price. No, sir, you can't have it. You don't have enough money. This is four and a half thousand. You only have two and a half. Now, I can show you some cheaper ones. No, 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 I want this one. But you can't have it because you only have two and a half. The price is four and a half. And you, and you start arguing with a, with, with, a, with a lady at the till there. You know what they're going to do? They're going to call the police and lock you up. But we go to God, and we have a measure and a level of faith, and we're asking for things that are beyond the level of our faith. And God says, well, come on up higher, and you can have it. It's not on this level, it's on the fourth level. Do you get it now? What have you been asking God? What have you been praying for? God is saying, not only I'm able, but I'm willing to do it for you. But you're going to have to climb up a level. Lord, help us. Help us climb up where you want us to be. Faith is the product of intimacy. You want more faith? God says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Are you hungry for God, or are you content? Is your request and your prayer a casual request, or is it a passionate one that cries out, say, God, I cannot do without your glory. Show me your glory that I may see your power and your goodness 
demonstrated in my life. The things that have your name on, they are there. God preserves and keeps them. They for you. They belong to you. They have your name on it. And all God is waiting is for you to rise to that level. And when you get there, faith is not a struggle. Faith is so natural. You believe without effort. It's not self-effort. It's not trying. Do you believe God? Well, I'm trying, Pastor. No, 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 don't try. It's not a matter of trying. When you're there, you're there. And when you on that level, there is a rest in your soul and in your spirit. And you know that you know that you know that what you have desired is already yours. You may not see it. You may not feel it. But you know that it is yours. And when you know it, it will manifest. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word, for your instruction, for your guidance, for the things that you have preserved and you have reserved and you have laid up for us all because we love you and because we are grafted into the vine. Jesus, you said, I am the vine, you are the branches. We are grafted in you. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. We are one spirit with you, and we have an inheritance reserved for us. You've been waiting for us to grow up. You've been waiting for us to mature. You've been waiting for us to rise higher and higher into your presence, where we experience intimacy with you, Father. Thank you for your grace that encourages us to run the race with perseverance. And Lord, by faith, we lay down every weight that holds us back, the unbelief, the doubt, the fear. We lay it down. We receive our deliverance in Jesus' name. And the sin that so easily entraps us and we run the race with perseverance. We give you glory today and praise. May these words bring light and life to our spirits. May they inspire our faith to climb higher. And may we see and experience your goodness and your glory in a greater measure than we've ever tasted. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.